Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. You've got Frenchie here with host Mike, who is still recovering from some sort of illness that's not COVID, thankfully. And I don't know, how are you doing? You know, I'm great. It's so glad. I'm so glad to be back. I had, you know, that heart transfer or heart transplant last month (laughs) and uh, had uh, some subsequent health issues after that for about the last, I don't know, what's it been, like five weeks since it's been a good week? Mm. Complications. Yeah, complications. There we go. Life complications, we'll, we'll call it. So yeah, man, it's it's not fun. I have to keep muting myself because I have to cough, and it's very difficult when you're you have to talk for a living and you just do nothing but but cough. Yeah, that doesn't sound ideal, but you know, we're we're too professional to leave any recording of you coughing on an episode or anything like that. Yeah, that's why I just mute myself. But so I don't have trivia. This is this is going to be like a combo F one IndyCar episode since. You know, I was sick and we took Christmas week off and there's not really a whole lot of news that we can go through. So this might be a quick episode still. I don't have trivia. I you know, am not going to throw Cody under the bus at the start of the episode yet, but maybe at one point in this episode I will. So we'll start with IndyCar. I'll turn it over to you for the topics. Okay, so in IndyCar, we have very little news, unfortunately. But the thing that we have not talked about that I guess we kind of went back and found because it's it's of interest, I think, to IndyCar fans is that the series is looking at some kind of a solution for the vision problems that popped up basically yeah. during, I would say that was that had to be one of the first races that we've seen run in the rain with the aero screen, right? At Indianapolis, the GMR Grand Prix. Yes. So obviously there's no windshield wiper or anything like that. I mean, it's probably harder to see through that than your helmet visor getting wet because you can just kind of wipe that with your hand or use a tear-off. And although they have tear-offs on the aero screen, I mean, the driver's not able to pull that off while driving. So they're working on something. Um, It's kind of vague what they're working on, unfortunately. They basically said that they're in collaboration with Delara and PPG and that they were able to duplicate the problem that they had with bubbling, they, they're describing it as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. So I think, yeah. I think, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think no, the okay. issue is like when the water hit the windshield at a certain spot, it was kind of just like pooling in a way that was making it vis- difficult for visibility. If it hit like a certain angle on the side, it deflected away like it was supposed to. If it hit a certain spot kind of dead on, it was not deflecting. So I think at least like what I heard a, a, at some point was that they were thinking of put, putting some kind of like, you know how like they put that that thin piece of metal up the center of the car I forget what you call it, like down by the wing, like down up the front wing, essentially, mm-hmm. kind of splitting the car in half. I think they were going to do something like that for the aero screen, some sort of you know thin piece of material that would allow water to be deflected easier side to side that would solve that issue. But 
I don't know any more than that. And it's not very clear, like you said, what they're going to do. Yeah, so, I mean, I was just thinking they might spray the crap out of it with Rain-X. Yeah. I, not actually. I was I was kidding. Yeah, I I didn't know where you would continue. <laughs> yeah, that I don't think that's going to be their solution they're working with Delara and PPG on because they could just go buy that at Advanced Auto Parts or whatever and spray it and it would make the water bead. But obviously, I'm sure they've tried some kind of a coating solution like that and clearly it's not doing enough. Um I for one would love to see more IndyCar races in the rain, so I'm hoping that they get this sorted out. Because no visibility is obviously a problem. Yes. Yes, I think they will. I mean, honestly, I, I know everybody like loved how fun that race was last year. But I would be much happier if it didn't rain this year. I know I might be in the minority. I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I would like no rain this year. At least for that race. Yeah, I mean, I don't like standing out in the rain, but for the, I wasn't there at that race, so to watch the product on TV was super exciting. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think any of the teams or drivers necessarily look forward to it raining. Yes. Okay, that's fair. What's next? Do we have anything else in IndyCar, or is that literally it? I don't think we have anything else, unless we're missing something glaring, unfortunately. I guess so, the only thing, other thing we can mention real quick, there was some January testing down at Sebring oh yeah, today. Right. Kiffin Simpson, yeah, Kiffin Simpson tested for Ganassi. Robert Schwartzman also tested for Ganassi's uh, F2 driver for the last couple of years. And I guess kind of the eye-opening one is Stingray Rob drove for Dale Coyne today. And I spoke to Stingray at some point early December and he said he at some point had an announcement coming so maybe this is an indication of the announcement in the near future I guess we'll see but I, apparently I saw hold on I just I uh, Steve Wittick and Trackside Online posted it posted something a little while ago that short un, unofficially Schwartzman was the quickest okay so that is it for IndyCar. Hopefully we have something next week. Oh, I know what we have next week. We have an interview coming up next week. Heck yeah. Are you going to tease who that. that is or you can't say? I can't. I don't want to say. But right. it, it it is a guy from the team that of the hat you are wearing right now. Oh, people can't see that, but I then know yeah. exactly who it is. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. It'll be a lot of, it'll be a lot of fun. All right. So I mean, well, actually, let me just ask you this real quick. I don't remember hearing anything about Robert Schwartzman basically having any options. Do you think that he's a Junkos guy, maybe? Is that where would he be sniffing around at? Like, where else would he fit in? I mean, definitely not at Ganassi like he tested for today. Right. So, oh, and I'm sorry, I missed Dane Cameron test, did a Penske test today, but yeah, but we know that, that that's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's driving the Porsche. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I it would be cool to see him because I think he's a hell of a driver, and you know the F the F one Academy sucks. But I, let's say sure, why not? Maybe he just tested for Ganassi because they had an extra car available. But 
I yeah, I don't I honest I don't know. I think it would be really cool if he did, but I'm not sure if it's possible. Well, how cool would that pairing be with him and Callum? Just like kind of the two F1 cool. guys or F2 guys, I mean, yeah. Yes, so super cool. I, and I think I, I we don't know obviously if Stingray's going there, if he's going to Dale Coin, maybe this test points to him going to Dale Coin, who knows. But there's kind of these last few seats that we're left to wonder about because the rumors are not really circulating as far as I'm aware. Correct. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. And I guess the only other thing I can think of before we move on to F1 is as of today, which is January 4th, we still have, there are not even rumors at this point about Linus Lundquist. Yeah, I've kind of given up hope on that, sadly. Yeah, it's super depressing, man. Will he be the last guy who like didn't even get to start Indy Lights or start in an Indy car after Indy Lights? I thought, because I guess the guaranteed of like running the Indy 500 with that scholarship went away, so he's not even getting that that everybody used to get. So let me see if if hold on one second here. Yeah, the last the last that I can remember is J.K. Vernet in 2010, right. and now isn't he running Indy like Lights. a scooter? <laughs> oh, let's see, really. Hold on. Or maybe not e-scooter. The last I see, 2021, he ran ran Complete World Car Touring Cup in a Hyundai Elantra, I guess guess somewhere overseas. But I do not see him on the e-scooter. I don't. I have to look up the e-scooter list. Keep there's keep, a Vernet on e-scooter, and I just assumed it was him, but it must be somebody else who's big in the scootering world. Let's see here, e-scooter. It's hard to find a lot on e-scooter, which is kind of embarrassing. Hold on, <laughs> it seems Riders like an incredible teams. waste of money. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize Nico Hulkenberg owns a team there too now. Does he really? Yeah, it's called Twenty Seven X by Nico Hulkenberg. I, I like can you imagine I'm sorry, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this real quick. Can you imagine like bragging to somebody like I I am an e scooter? <laughs> like does anybody take you seriously? And I'm sorry, that's so mean. We need to move on before I say mean things. It's it's just keep keep going. What's next? Okay, the guys he was the e scooter champion. It was a guy named Amard, A M A R D Vernet. Amard okay, Verdi so was not, the e-scooter champion last year. Maybe they're got related. It, maybe it. they're not. Okay, Alrighty. so what else? on to F1. There's only a little bit of news in the F1 world going on that's worth talking about. I mean, obviously, the news outlets continue to pump out, I would call it, and I don't want to insult Fluff. anyone, a little bit of filler content. Yeah, just to kind of yep, yep. keep the appetite of the fans satisfied. But we've picked out, I think, only about three items worth talking about. And the first of that, or those, is that Mohammed Ben Salem has said, well, let's read his exact quote so I don't get it wrong. He tweeted out, actually, I have asked my FIA team to look at launching an expressions of interest, and we can put that in air quotes, process for prospective new teams for the FIA F1 World Championship. Does this mean anything? Like, what is this just kind of smoke and mirrors? Or is this basically a way of 
saying, oh, we're going to consider applications from people like Andretti, you know, other people that have been expressing interest for a while. But really, we're doing this so that Porsche can have an 11th team on the grid. <laughs> yeah, that's my fear. So uh, my my hope is, okay, so they add an 11th team, let's say it's Porsche, whatever. Then the 12th team, they go, listen, you know, we just got, you know, Porsche got funding from XYZ because I, I have from a reliable person that Porsche does not necessarily want to spend all of their own money. They want some financial backing and they have financial backing mm-hmm. from outside sources. And so they go, okay, you know, these outside sources gave us funding for Team 11. For Team 12, you know, let's look at an Andretti or, you know, X, Y, and Z, I, I don't know. Ford or whatever, you know, something like that. Oh, yeah. So that's my hope. Do I think it's necessarily possible? No, because there are, you know, Toto Wolf just said again the other day, like, if we look at another team or if we add another team, right now they're just going to dilute the money. So I don't think the opinion of the current 10 teams is changing at all. And if you're going to buy, let's say Alpha Tower, like, let's say Red Bull sells Alpha Tower, which still seems likely to me, or possible, I should say. That is a billion-dollar purchase. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of multi-billion... I shouldn't say plenty. There are, I don't know, a good amount of multi-billionaires in the world or trillionaires or trillion-dollar companies or whatever. So is it possible? Yes. But you are now at a case where, like, I don't know, let's just say an oil tycoon or an oil company, Aramco, you know, they can outbid pretty much any other most companies in the world and say well listen okay you know guggenheim and andretti you can you're gonna you want to offer two billion dollars well we want our name everywhere so we're gonna pay four billion dollars and that's like a drop in the bucket for them so i i think at the end of the day the only way we get another team is somebody massively overpays and then kind of like pays into the money prize money in f1 so that toto wolf doesn't lose out on his his prize share i i totally get wanting to have the allocation of prize money and not wanting to lose basically what you're already counting on and what you're budgeting right but there is a budget cap we know mercedes is funded very well and can afford to easily spend well over that budget cap. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionu. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.
So I don't think Total Wolf saying, oh, we, you know, this prize money being diluted is going to make a difference. I actually don't think that it would make a huge difference to Mercedes. It probably makes way more of a difference to a team like Williams, who I would imagine counts a lot more on when they get points. That's a big bonus for them. Greed makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. That's how you succeed at business, whatever. They're, this is just pure greed. However, it seems to me that in the past, when a lot of teams were added, there was an understanding that the series is boosted by better competition, more competition, and just more investment, right? Like that 11th team will bring with it its own sponsors. That will then get involved in the series, and who knows who they're going to be. But if you have a brand like Porsche or a name like Andretti, that's not something that I think is worth passing over or wasting, regardless of my own personal feelings about you know wanting the Andretti team in F1. Because I think if you look past the immediate gratification of prize money, in the long term, adding that 11th team probably benefits everyone. I think, I agree. I think what F1 teams are thinking is, okay, the upfront money is great, but what are you going to do in your 2 through 10 or 2 through 20 or whatever? Like, how are you going to grow the sport long term? And, like, I saw Mario, How's Williams growing the sport long term? They're, they're not, but they exist they're already. Probably not, so. but they exist already, so they don't. it doesn't matter. Like, not anymore that Frank Williams is not involved. I mean, no offense to the yeah. Doralton, but yeah. Doralton's not just dumping money like we thought they were going to. But I saw Mario say something like, oh, we have an idea of what we can do for, like, year one to ten or whatever. But mm-hmm. And this was on some, like, he was on some other podcast. I don't remember who it was. I saw it on Twitter the other day. You know, but, but FI, the FIA needs to tell us what to do. So I feel like... You know, they keep saying, oh, you know, we've, we're, we're feeling really confident. But what I keep seeing is we're not hearing anything back. Yeah. So, and I, I don't know, how do you tell the FIA or F1 teams, like, this is how we're going to grow the sport in 10 years from now or 15 years from now? Like, how do you accomplish that? I don't think there's any proof of how you could do that or how you could project that far into the future with the way that automotive technology is changing. So to me, that is completely bogus that they want some kind of a proposal like that from F1 teams or like uh, prospective F1 teams. And I think it's just a way for them to ensure that it's a company like Ford or Porsche, who's a major manufacturer, and this way they can exclude someone like Andretti. Yeah. On a semi-legitimate basis or what appears to be a legitimate basis. Right. Air quotes on legitimate. Yeah, because they've clearly already decided. They're just ghosting Andretti, and they're trying to make up some kind of an official reason for doing so. Yeah. And I... You know what we forgot to talk We could have talked about it on the IMSA episode yesterday, or when we talked about IndyCars, Wayne Taylor Racing, and Andretti joining forces. I have a, like, very small kind of gut feeling that maybe eventually... Andretti will kind of take over the Wayne Taylor mm-hmm. you know, side of business. And if that gets successful, like I think sports cars are about to kind of gain more manufacturer pop, uh, popularity other than F1 that, you know, that could take up 
more of their time and space and space in the new shop when it's ready versus F1 if F1 is if F1 doesn't happen. I still think it's not super likely. I'm not saying it's unlikely yet, but it definitely doesn't have a good feeling to it at the current time. I agree, and I see... What's next? I know we only have like one or two more things. Yeah, well, let, I just want to bring up one thing that I heard okay. or saw Sorry. Wayne Taylor say. He said something about basically not being able to compete with people like Penske or Ganassi. Yeah. I mean, they're a, a team that I would say is not big, but they have always punched above their weight. And so this seems like a way to future-proof themselves, whether or not he eventually gets bought out by Andretti, as you know is suggested to happen or not. This is a way to kind of get the Andretti name on a successful team. And then, you know, so they don't have to build their own thing from scratch. And then, you know, you have the resources of that massive and powerful organization behind you to give you some fire, like firepower to yep. fight, you know, Penske, all these teams that are ramping up. All right. Let's see what else we've got on the docket here. Oh, yeah. Two things. So number one is there was a very... I don't know. I would say optimistic quote um, put out by Mike Crack, the <sighs> team principal of Aston Martin. He said, let me get his exact quote because I think it's important, that oh, maybe there's no exact quote in here. Maybe it was just kind of general statements. Okay. He said that Lance Stroll has the potential to surprise the paddock next season, even though his teammate's going to be Fernando Alonso. Although he was unable to outperform Sebastian Vettel in the last two seasons due to a lack of pace and overall consistency, and, I might add, crashing into people multiple times. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see this. I think Fernando Alonso is about to completely destroy Lance Stroll because I would unfortunately rank... The current Fernando Alonso, I mean, I think Vettel was probably in the same league back in his prime, but the current Vettel is in, doesn't even compare, unfortunately, to current Alonso. Just the motivation that Fernando has. And I think it's going to be an embarrassing situation for Lance. And we'll see if he maintains his interest or just finds a way to, I don't know, have some excuses and continues to soldier on as long as... I don't know, because I don't think he's going to be competitive. But maybe he'll get some second places if they eventually get their car up to snuff. I think you might see Lance Stroll be better this year because it's year two in this car, and he's mm -hmm. got a little bit more of an understanding, and Fernando Alonso can make him a better driver by what he brings to the team. Do I think Lance Stroll is going to outperform Fernando Alonso in any way? Absolutely not. I have as much chance of outperforming Fernando Alonso as Lance Stroll does, and I don't <laughs> drive a race car for a living. So, will, will, could you see it like you know a lucky you know when Stroll got the pole? What was that at Turkey when it rained in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? Sure, maybe, but for the most part, no, pro probably not. Um, 
I have a feeling that because Alonzo is able to play psychological games with his teammates far more than I believe Sebastian Vettel ever did, and we know Alonzo's not afraid to rock the boat, that he is going to absolutely crush Lance Stroll psychologically. And so we may see, I think, actually yes. a dip in performance, regardless of the car getting better, because he's just going to feel so deflated. All right, I'm going to say that I'm going to disagree on that <laughs> You're one. You're optimistic. And only, only so, no, no, definitely not optimistic, but only so we can discuss it in a uh, for, at the end of the season from now and and see, yeah, see who was right. Okay, that's fair. I would say we should put a bet on it, but I don't want to have a bet either way on Lance Stroll. He's like too unpredictable. Yeah, no. It's like investing in crypto. Last little yeah, piece of news. Okay. Yes, yeah, so obviously. Obviously, obviously, FTX left. You know, it's no longer an F one because they're oh, about man. to be in jail forever. But there was <laughs> another, another not crypto guilty? team. <laughs> Oh no! Did he really? Yeah, he and he pleaded not Listen, guilty to, to everything. It was his last chance to get any leniency. <sighs> Idiot. Yeah. Well. Anyway, uh, one of the other crypto companies left, and then I saw today another crypto company left Alpha Tower. They're off their website. I think it might be Ferrari was the other one. I forget though. <laughs> There's like a Twitter account called like Decal Spotter that. Oh yeah, I like tracks like motorsports sponsorships. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, go ahead. The last last bit of news. No, that's fantastic. But you remind me of this little piece of news that we didn't really plan to discuss, but I guess we will. So Haas has a new official name that uh, incorporates their new title sponsor, which is MoneyGram. So let me pull up their exact new name again, because I thought it was pretty funny. They are the MoneyGram Haas F1 team, which do you remember old sponsor... In, I guess it maybe was the 80s or something, Money Tron. I don't. All right, well, they were on the Onyx car, which was notably like a team that failed after investment kind of fell away. I will say, I've never used MoneyGram. It is the 79th ranked finance app on the Apple App Store, <laughs> which doesn't sound very good. But and I will look up Venmo in, in one second here. Yeah, but already and and I I guess I'll tweet this out just for fun. They've already the Apple App Store description for MoneyGram already has the like has like an F1 car in the description. So oh. that's kind of kind of neat, I guess. But let's see here, Venmo. This is exactly what I, I intended to do on our first, second recording of the year. Yeah, Venmo is the fourth ranked in pod in podcasts in finance apps. So interesting. I mean, it's cool. I don't know how they have all this money to sponsor an F one team, but what do I know? Time to start using MoneyGram, I guess. Support the sponsors of uh, race teams. You know, I need to know more about it before I download Agreed. a financial Agreed. app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same exact thing of. Don't listen to that and take it as advice because I would do your due diligence before you put money in any app. Because at first I was like, oh, that seems interesting. That'd be cool. Like, you know, yeah. you and I traveling together, like, oh, did you money grab me? But at the same right. time, it's like, 
what if our money goes away because this app goes kaput in two years? Correct. Well, I mean, given what happened with crypto, is that even two years? I don't know. I don't. Probably. It's probably been that long. These companies just like pop up and fold so quickly in the financial sector. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, last we'll wrap thing. it up there. Oh, did I miss something? One last thing, yeah, is that we have the date to look forward to for Alpine's car launch, which is oh, February good. 16th, and we're going to meet the Alpine A523. So I don't know why, I guess... The two three is two thousand twenty three. I don't. I think they name everything A five. I don't know what that meaning is, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the first car launch, and I assume that week and the first week of February will be almost all of them. So we have little over a month to wait until we actually get down to that. And we've got three ish weeks, or just a little, a little less than a month until IndyCar testing out in California. So. We are approaching, approaching the end of boring season. Formula E starts again next weekend, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, so we are almost at the end. Yeah, try to see if we can spark some interest in that. Um, I can hear people booing right now as I said that somehow, (laughs) like, and they're not even in the room with me, but hey, I'm kind of invested, so we'll see if we can maybe convince some other people to check it out. So I'm looking at trying to pull up the schedule. Mexico City, that's right. So at least Mexico City, we can. It'll be a decent time. And then the second round is second round Qatar. Uh, I forget. I I remember it's the same weekend as the Rolex. I know that. I think it's no. I think it is in the Middle East. I think you're right. But the problem with so far, unfortunately. Oh, it's in, I think it's in Daria, which is Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, unfortunately, I think the problem with Formula E that I've encountered, and so have you so far, is um, being able to actually find the broadcast information and, like, find it on TV. Yeah. So hopefully that's improved so the, for this the nice year. thing, though, we'll is, yeah, the nice thing, I didn't mean to cut you off. Obviously, no. I'm rusty because we've taken two weeks off. The... You know, Saudi Arabia race, you know, probably be on at three o'clock in the morning, but likely at least one of us will be awake at three o'clock in the morning that weekend. True. That's a very good point. I don't think it's our Rolex, our Rolex plans. Hold on. Hold on. Our Rolex plans. We haven't talked about our Rolex plans. We'll, We'll wrap it up with this. Okay. You, me and occasional guest hosts, Sarah Levinson are all going to cover the Rolex. We're going to, attempt to stay up as long as possible but the smart thing we did this year was get an airbnb for saturday night so we can rest a little bit can't believe you haven't done that in the past kevin did you i know kevin did you still be there yeah i don't i don't uh i don't either to be honest with you last year was particularly miserable because it was you know 23 degrees outside and i i tried to sleep in our rental car which did not work so anyway, we're gonna road trip. We're gonna vacation first in Miami. Drive up to Florida. Drive up to Florida. Drive up to Orlando, and party hardy. So How after the drive? Rolex, we're gonna need that month off, like three and a half hours. 
Oh, okay. That's not so bad. No. Anyway, we'll wrap it there. Obviously, as you guys heard yesterday, doing more Insta stuff. IndyCar, not changing. F1, not changing. So everybody have a lovely weekend. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minterdial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!